So you worked the whole of that time, and I was a bit more of a casual observer. I was going to one film on the Friday, so I got a taste of it. But well, we have to. But you went to the whole thing, did the whole after party. So yeah. What's so, the goss? So the goss. Well, so the BFI London Film Festival celebrated its sixtieth year this year, and it was a really, really great lineup of films. Um, so I just wanted to take a minute or ten or fifteen <laughs> to give you a quick LFF roundup. Do you have any dreams? Most of the big ticket gala films were really good, particularly Nocturnal Animals, oh, the new Tom Ford. Beautiful. Which actually I'm interested to see how it does come award season, because I can see almost all of the actors in it get nominated. Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, they were all just brilliant. That's a proper introduction. Tom Ford is like a renaissance polymath in the sense that he's brilliant at lots of different things. Yeah, and I, I don't. Know, I don't know if you can if you can smell me right now, but that's Tom Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a nice musk. There's also Manchester by the Sea, uh, which again is led by possibly the strongest Oscar contender, uh, Casey Affleck, who's just brilliant in it. Um, and there was the brilliant sci-fi Arrival. Nice. We'll talk about later. Yep. Uh, Damon Chazelle's glitzy throwback musical number La La Land and Ben Wheatley's festival Closer Free Fire which is just an all just one long shootout which was brilliant fun I love the look of that I saw the trailer of that today it looks incredible and um, so what is your sort of your top three highlight actually first of all how many films did you end up seeing at the end because I heard a rumour it was in excess of 20 when I saw you briefly I think it was nearly 30 I think it was wow. 29 that's ridiculous because I'm annoyed I didn't make it 30 um but yeah, so again, lots of good stuff. Some of the titles that I thought were really worth looking out for, one of them, Personal Shopper, which I didn't know very much about, is directed by Olivier Assayas, and it has a really brilliant Kristen Stewart as the lead, which how often can you say that? So it's a drama with a very sort of interesting supernatural twist, a kind of ghost story not like you've seen before, maybe. Um, it could be sort of a love it or hate it kind of thing, but it had, seemed to have some really good reviews. Everyone really enjoyed it. From what I could tell, hmm. um, so that was she's good. starting to get some good, like reviews now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. From some of her past films after Twilight, she's after Twilight. Well, yeah, she she has had some good, yeah, good stuff. I suppose it's the blockbuster ones where she's just not really her character just doesn't really work, does it? Yeah. I can't think of one apart from American. Oh, well, the one with um, Jesse Eisenberg where he. Oh, uh, Wonder a... Wonderland? No, Adventureland. Adventureland. No, no, the one where he finds out he's a. A sleeper agent. Oh, American Ultra. Yeah. Nah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. It's yeah. rubbish. <laughs> Written by Max Landis. Indeed. Yep. There's another film called The 13th, which was a really quite terrifying documentary. Um, one that exposes the sort of mass incarceration of blacks, Mexicans and Latinos um, in the States for what it essentially really is, which is modern day slavery. Uh, so it was a real eye-opener, eye and it is opening simultaneously on Netflix, so you can go home and watch it now. Ooh. I thought I saw that on the list. Yeah. yeah, so we can talk about that later. And speaking of documentaries, another great one is the new Warner Herzog film, Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World, or Reveries of the Connected World. <laughs> I can't do an accent. Um, he is mad. <laughs> he is mental. So yeah. this time he sort of goes around interviewing various top scientists and entrepreneurs as well as internet addicts and victims of online abuse kind of exploring the good the bad and the ugly of the internet as we sort of know it today and technological possibilities of the future you wouldn't um, think that Werner Herzog would do something like that no because he's yeah. technology normally I don't know I kind of feel like he's more of the natural world than of yeah. the 
Like he's more of wildlife, doesn't he? Like mm-hmm. his past documentaries have been about that. Like Grizzly Man and yeah. also The Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's actually coming out quite soon. Well, end of October, actually. So I definitely recommend that one. Okay. And I also have to give a quick mention to Terence Malick's Voyage of Time, which is essentially his feature-length extension of the creation sequence from The Tree of Life, which you may or may not know is one of my favourite films ever. I um, did not know that. <laughs> I thought it was just Titanic. Yeah, I thought it was Titanic well, as well. Well, yeah, it's close. <laughs> it's close. But, um, so, yes, yeah, so I obviously love this in all its cosmic glory. I just wish I'd seen it in IMAX, so hopefully it will get some kind of IMAX release here. And going back to Kristen Stewart, actually, it's worth mentioning that Kelly Reichard's Certain Women won the Best Film Award this year. Oh. And so it's a really sort of strong female-led film. There's Laura Dern, Michelle Williams, Case Jew and Lily Gladstone sort of playing various characters who are vaguely intertwined in a sort of small town Montana. Um, and another frontrunner for Best Film was Moonlight, which I didn't actually see, but I've heard amazing things. Uh, it's basically a coming-of-age drama charting the growth of a young gay black man in 1980s Miami. Now, all the films I mentioned there are English-speaking, so because I normally do a little sort of world cinema roundup, I just wanted to highlight a few foreign-language films that played at the LFF that were brilliant, and there were many. They're cool. There was The Salesman, Nocturama, Tony Erdman, Elle, The Handmaiden. I'm sure a lot of these titles we'll see kind of in the lead-up to the Oscars and awards season. Did you watch Elle? I didn't actually, oh. but I heard it was I heard it was really good. So that one is coming out, I think, either early next year or late this year. Yeah, it must be. Yep, yeah. it's um, directed by Paul Verhoeven, who's uh, gone back to Starship Trooper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, Robocop. He's Show basically girls. shunned Hollywood and gone back to his European roots. Well, I think it has been selected as the France entry. Oh, really? As best foreign language film for the Oscars. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure. So. Who knows? Could That'd be, be great for him. He could be winning an award for something completely different. Yeah. How long was um, DiCaprio in London for? I the assume probably, well, he was there for the day, just with his oh. film Before the Flood. So I don't know if he was if he was doing other you know, talks or whatever, but I assume he was literally just there for the intro of that film. I thought it was meant to sort of steal the whole show, but it didn't really. It didn't really. Um, I mean, the tickets were still available for it. On really? that day. I mean, it was quite a last-minute addition that he was actually going to be there. Oh, right. Um, but obviously, if I could have done, I would have gone just for him. What followed is, that I think, the day after he um, introduced the film, um, what I think is one of the most made-up film story of the year started circulating around all the major websites. So it must have some sort of grain of truth to it. And the story was, basically, uh, that Leonardo DiCaprio has been connected to a live-action version of Captain Planet, I heard about that. Um, the 1990s cartoon, which was sort even when we were eight, it kind of sucked a little bit. It was a little bit nerdy. Yeah. And that's since um, kind of developed into him just producing it. But absolute nonsense. Captain Planet, I think, is, is best, best left. In what, the 90s. What the is 90s. Captain Planet? I don't even... Oh! Wind! Water! Combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet. He's a hero. He's gonna take pollution down to zero. Was his song. Oh, um, basically, right, okay. five five kids had five magical rings. This incredibly original concept. Uh, earth, fire, wind, water, and love. So was four, love the last one? I yeah. always struggle with that so one. So four of them were good in battle. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other one was just. Yeah. But when their powers combine. This, they are Captain Planet. Yeah, and this blue-green alien is summoned um, who would save the day. I don't remember any episode, actually. And then 
just as the credits were rolling, he would say, hey, kids, don't forget to put trash in the bin, otherwise yeah. the world will die. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing Power Rangers, so who knows? That's all I care about. If as long as they're doing Power Rangers, I'm happy. Power is yours! Steph, did you watch A Monster Calls? I didn't, actually. Oh. I didn't. I want to see that film. I have, well, I've heard quite mixed things about it, actually. Oh, really? But, but, but the, the first reviews that came out after the first, you know, gala screening were actually mm. really positive, and everyone was saying it was really magical and Yeah, I mean, I've heard, like, crying. my friend went to watch it, and she said that afterwards she was just crying uncontrollably. Just couldn't help it. It's an amazing film. So. Well, yeah, I will. I do plan on seeing that, but I just know it's one of the ones I missed, unfortunately. Mm. You can't see everything. Yeah, you know. Uh, just looking at who stars in it, it's uh, got Felicity Jones. Excellent. Um, the the uh, the monsters played by Liam Neeson, and um, Sigourney Weaver's in it, and so is Tony. No, sorry, Toby Kebbell, Ben Hur, Fantastic Four, World of Warcraft. That's the a great good actor that makes the worst film choices. <laughs> and Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I hope this film breaks his yes. uh, his curse. I know. <laughs> and he's in the the not very good um, gangster film by oh god, what's his name? Lockstock. Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Oh, we rock and roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't a good film. Nope. No. No. <laughs> anyway, going back to the London Film Festival, I just wanted to talk a little bit about two of the world's, about all two of the foreign language films that really sort of stood out for me at the LFF, um, The Day Will Come and Raw. Now, The Day Will Come is set in 1960s Denmark, around the time of the first sort of Russian and NASA space missions, for reasons that become clear later on in the film. Uh, so it's about two brothers who, after their mum becomes ill and incapable of looking after them because they are a bit of a handful, are sent to an orphanage slash or boys' school that is rife with that kind of institutionalised brutality, physical, mental, sexual abuse that has unfortunately become synonymous with child welfare systems of that time and it is based around true events. Now it stars two of the killing alumni, Lars Mikkelsen and Sophie Grabal. So he plays the vicious headmaster and she plays one of the teachers in the school who kind of takes the brothers, particularly the youngest, Elmer, under her wing. So the film works not only as a commentary of the time, you know, shining a light on the those shocking conditions that the and you know the neglect and abuse that kids like this were subjected to, uh, but it also stands as an incredibly moving and really quite beautiful story mm. about the children's resilience in the face of that brutality. So Elmer, who wants to be an astronaut when he grows up, hence that link with contextualizing the film around the moon landing, uh, basically sort of uses his amazing imagination to keep up morale with the other kids and never lets his dreams of being an astronaut be trampled on despite the best efforts of his peers. Um, and the actor who plays Elmer is, his name's Harold Kaiser Herman. He's amazing. He's just like, innocence and hope personifies. Every time he's on the screen, you just feel like bursting into tears and giving him a big hug. So I saw this film at, at a 9 a.m. screening, which was a ridiculous hour to watch a film like that. It was just too early to handle the emotions, but I'm glad I did because I absolutely loved it and I thought it was really wonderful, actually. So, um, yeah, but a real heartbreaker as well. The next film I watched was Gleason, which is just this tragic documentary about a former NFL player who gets diagnosed with ALS, which was terrific, but yeah, they just set me up for this horrible, tough day of films. But anyway, the day will come. For me, it was a real highlight, and I hope that it does get released here because I think that people should see it. I thought it was really good. Okay. Um, and Gleason too, while we're at it. And the last one, something totally different, uh, is a film called Raw, 
which is Julia Ducourneau's feature debut and another one of my favourites of this is LFF. So it's a coming-of-age body horror with a cannibalistic twist. I wanted to see this, actually, but never got around really to good. it. Really good. Oh, you should. Yeah. So basically it centres around Justine, who's a young student who's starting her first year at vet school. Now, she's a vegetarian and has been her whole life, but one of the initiations during her freshers' week is basically where she has to eat raw rabbit liver or rabbit kidney or something. That's unnecessary. <laughs> unnecessary. So obviously she refuses at first, but she's kind of forced into it like off and out, these horrible initiation things. Um, so once she gets a taste of this raw meat, it awakens in her this insatiable appetite for meat, which eventually extends to flesh and things escalate to a point where she can't curb or control her carnivorous cravings. Um, so as I'm sure you can imagine, this really spoke to the horror fan in me. Um, and it's really one of those rare gems that does something new and original with the genre. And the LFF jury obviously agreed as it won the Sutherland Award, so the first feature competition. Is that okay. Keith, Keith or Donald? Both. <laughs> I think it'd probably be Donald. Probably Donald. It wouldn't he was be the first, wasn't he? Because Keith Sutherland made Flatliners, whereas Donald rude. made. No, don't look now. I'd want the Keith one. <laughs> the Bauer. Bauer one. Yeah. But yeah, so Raw is brilliant, and I'm not sure if it's going to get a UK release at all, but I really hope so, because I would love to see it do well here. The film that I saw was Arrival. Which was really good. Which is smart, sci-fi, intelligent film. Yeah, it's one of those ones, it it finished, and I can't believe it was the end. I feel like it was just getting started, Yeah, you know, so it's probably a good thing when it leaves you wanting more, but I genuinely wanted more, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, watching it, you felt... There were so many kind of possibilities of how it could go, and then the way that they went was, I think, the right choice. Because it, instead of like having everything blow up, instead of like using language as a way of communicating with spoilers, these, it was there's not spoilers. Isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, no, he just just uses language to um, communicate with aliens. But it was a really good concept. Really well paced as well. You know, it doesn't it doesn't throw you into the action. It sort of takes its time. It, yeah, no, I thought it was... Although I was explaining to James that um, Jeremy Renner's character again couldn't have been in the film and it wouldn't have made any difference. Like, he wasn't... He didn't really He was a bit of impact. a comedy sidekick, like wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, he was just Mission there. Impossible. That's right. Just there. Just there. So that's my LFF roundup. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying that there's still plenty that I need to see, uh, but those were a few that sort of stuck out from the ones that I did see. Um, I just want to stress again what a great programme the festival organisers curated. So a big thank you and round of applause to the whole festival team because it really was a fantastic year. Roll on 2017.